you for joining us at Bangalore Revival Center. We are a church that's dreaming revival with God and serving people in love. It is our desire to equip you to represent Jesus and carry his great joy to the ends of the earth. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit dreamingrevival.com. Now, as you listen to the word, we believe that God will minister to you. The book of Acts chapter 20 and verse 35. Let's read it out together. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to Come on, let's speak it out loud. Let's make it our declaration, okay? Let's prophesy this over ourselves that this year I'm going to be blessed. Why? Not because I received a lot, but because I am able to give a lot. Amen. Our testimonies cannot be about our receiving. Our testimonies has to be about our giving. Come on now. Let's see let's just read it out a couple of times. 1 2 3 go you should remember the words of pastor priji no 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 sorry what does it say apostle paul no who said this of the lord jesus come on loudly 1 2 3 go you should remember the words of the lord jesus it is more blessed to give than to receive acts chapter 20 verse 35 one more time you should remember the words of the lord jesus it is more blessed to give than to receive that is a blessing man that is a blessing it is a blessing for us to be able to give come on now yeah and last to last to last to last sunday we studied this about the breakthrough altar anybody were there the breakthrough altar we finished with this one particular scripture from luke chapter 6 let's read it out together give and you will receive your gift will Come on talk to your neighbor you know preach this to your neighbor help me preach to your neighbor i cannot come and preach to everybody but you preach to your neighbor okay everybody make pairs of two two people and you tell them hey you know what give to god and your and you will receive your gift will return to you in full press down shaken together to make room for more and running over and poured into your lap the amount you give will determine the amount you get back somebody give god praise in the house according to the measure of your giving according to the measure of your giving according to the measure of your giving this is a season to receive in great measures we are we are about to gather a harvest we are about to gather a harvest amen there will be no struggle this year why because this year we have chosen to give like never before this year we have chosen to sow like never before this year our giving is going to be intentional amen i like the fact that jesus said it like this not only will it return to you in full on its way to you it is going to be pressed down 
shaken together one one word that stands out to me is the word to make room for more you know if you if you if you are if you're filling a box with something and you see that you know let's say that you're refilling sugar in the sugar box okay and you're filling it and you realize it's reached the top what do you do you you shake it what do you do you you you're trying to make sure that every tiny grain every space every tiny molecule of air in that box is filled with a grain of sugar come on tell tell your neighbor there will be no empty space in your life because god is making room for more yeah your giving has the capacity to make room for more amen let me teach you this see last time we were talking about how we should give to god this time we are talking a little bit more about how to give to man is that okay it'll be a little controversial if you apply this in the wrong places you will end up doing really wrong things that is why you have to prepare your heart make sure your heart is in the right thing so that you don't practice this in the wrong way okay let's read the first story this is from the book of acts chapter 9 and verse 36 read it with me there was a believer everybody say believer in jopa named tabitha her name in greek is dorcas everybody say dorcas what does it say about them about her she was always doing kind things for others and helping the poor let's stop there okay who was she she was a believer she was a child of god she was somebody who was part of the church and what did she do we are not talking about her giving to god we are talking about her giving to the people around her what did she do she was always doing it not once in a while when she felt good not on her birthdays not on special occasions when there is a special season in church and special offerings being raised no not just on those times every time always everybody say always. always she was always she had this heart that was so kind to people around her okay she was always kind and and what did she do she was doing everything possible to help the poor which means that she had the capacity to help them she had the talents to help them she had the abilities to help them she she did everything possible and and see und- understand this she's a woman she's not even a man she's not even uh, a full fledged uh, you know in in the culture back then of course men were the were the ones who would earn and would you know keep the accounts of the house and everything and still this was a woman in the house and the bible talks about how she was kind and she was constantly helping the poor now You know the problem with so many of us is that we wait for a problem to happen in our lives so that we can do something extraordinary that can break that but this was a lady she prepared in advance she did not give when the problem came she gave even before the problem arrived even before the problem came she made it a practice to give she made it a practice to sow she made it a practice to be kind she made it a practice to help she made it her lifestyle to be a generous person next verse verse 37 it says about this time what did what happened to her 
she became ill and died my god her body was washed for burial and laid in an upstairs room so check this out okay she was a giver she was a radical giver because she was giving always not only to god but even to the people around her so so she was sowing seeds right she was building altars wherever she can she was constantly giving and the bible says one day like it happens to several people uh, a sad incident happened in her life what happened she died she died come on is there anything that that you can do after you die what can you do once you die can you cry out to god see if you had some warning like king hezekiah he can you can go and pray and fast and but once you die what do you what do you do once you lose your job what do you do once you once you you know once death enters in what can you do after that nothing but what happened is the seeds that she had sown before had not died the seeds that she had sown the the lifestyle of generosity that she had had that was still alive even after she died come on now see i'm telling you in this season you may not see what situation in life you are saving up for you may not understand when you're sowing when you're giving when you're helping the people around you you have no idea that someday you will be in that same exact situation and you are going to be needing some help you're thinking why should i help people why should i give why should i do this you know and and what you don't know is someday no matter how anointed you are no matter how blessed you are no matter how generous you are the 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 floods come on the house that was built on the rock and the floods come on the house that was built on the sand the, the floods didn't say man you're such a godly guy you give tithes and offerings on time i should avoid you that's not what the flood said the floods came on both houses but the house that was built on the rock it stood the test of that flood amen now here is the situation here is the lady she has died there's no no voice that she has she doesn't have a prayer to pray she doesn't have an opportunity to go to church now she doesn't have a worship song nothing silent the bible says that she her body was washed for burial and laid in an upstairs room and that is when the bible talks about peter give me verse 38 it says but the believers had heard that peter was nearby at lida so they sent two men to beg him please come as soon as possible now you should understand in the first century church so many people died you would never see them doing this did you know that so many people died in the first century church so many people got killed in the first century church you would never see them doing this but there was something that this lady did which which because of which the the people in her church could not rest because this lady was a generous lady and they were like no 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 we cannot leave her dead when she was alive she took care of us now when she is dead we will take care of her we will stand up and speak for her we will send forth messengers to talk for her and and they sent a word to apostle peter 
You know, if you read almost all the resurrections in the Bible, except I think one or two resurrections by Jesus, almost all the resurrections in the Bible, they were done or they were done for or by people who were crazy radical givers. Can I give you an example? The Shunammite lady's son. You remember how she gave to Elisha? You remember how the, the widow of Zarephath, her son, you remember the house, how that widow gave sacrificially to Elijah? The other guy that, that got raised in the New Testament was uh, that guy who was sleeping, Eutychus, right? And this guy was also giving radically. He was giving his time radically. You know, Paul was not like me. He had no sense of time. When he would start preaching, when he gets hungry is the measure. And, and, and he would preach all night. And, and, and he, this guy was like, no matter what happens, I'm going to take the help of the window pane and I'm going to sit and listen. And unfortunately, that didn't happen and he died. And Paul raised him back to life. And here is another lady who was a giver. And we are wondering, why is it that my prayers don't work? Because not everything works only by prayer. There are some things that can be shifted in your life when you live a lifestyle of radical giving. When you live a lifestyle. See, last time we were talking about the breakthrough altar. That was about giving when we are in the midst of a trial or a struggle. But today we are talking about something different. Today we are talking about giving when everything is alright in your life. Giving when everything is okay because you know that someday you will need this seed to speak for you. When you don't have a voice, when you don't have a reach, when you don't have access to some anointed men and women of God, you would want your giving to speak on your behalf at that time. Come on now. The Bible says, give me the next verse. says, so Peter returned with them and as soon as he arrived, they took him to the upstairs room. And what did they do? The room was filled with widows who are weeping and what what were they doing come on read it out loud and what were they doing they were showing him the signs of her generosity all of them when the day that they heard that Peter is coming they said today we are all gonna wear the clothes that this lady stitched for us Everybody decided today make sure they sent out a whatsapp forward on the church group saying hey you have to wear what this lady bought for you you know every one of us have to wear the same thing and can you imagine when Peter is coming in he's seeing the he's seeing the handprint of Dorcas on everybody in the church and the Bible says everybody showed them hey look at this coat look at this this salwar kameez look at this watch look at this this is what this lady did when she was alive the seed was reminding the prophet the seed was reminding the man of God that this lady was a generous woman come on this is after the lady died can you imagine that is how powerful your seed is that's why the Bible says the blood of Abel is still crying out why because he was, a, he was a sacrificial giver to God. Even after he died, his blood has a power. Come on now. If your life needs to carry a legacy, if your life needs to carry a power, even after things are not in, in the right place, if your children need to reap a harvest and a blessing because of what you have done, then your giving has to be a giving that is radical, that is consistent, that is generous, and that is constant. 
And then the Bible says, but Peter asked them all. Peter said, thank you for showing this. Now everybody, can you all leave the room? And then he knelt and he prayed. And turning to the body of Tabitha or Dorcas, she, he said, get up Tabitha, get up Tabitha. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. Are you ready? I'm about to prophesy over some dead situations in your life. Can I prophesy over some dead situations of your life? I'm, I'm speaking this over those dead situations. Get up. Come back to life. Be resurrected. It doesn't matter what area of your life you feel that deadness. It could be a, a physical sickness. It could be a spiritual challenge. It could be a material limitation. Whatever area of your life, the Lord is speaking right now over the lives of every generous radical givers in this house. The Lord is saying, rise up Tabitha. Get up Tabitha. Get up and go into your destiny. Get up and go into your promises. Get up and go back. You know, today as you walk out of this place, I hear, I hear in my spirit, somebody's back being healed. I don't know who that is, but your back has just been healed, been put back into place right now as we were receiving this word. Yes, somebody's, somebody's pain in the ear, in an, ear, an ear infection has been healed this morning. Somebody's blockage in their prayer life, an inability to pray has been taken away this morning. Because, because the Lord is bringing some Tabithas back to life. Amen. The next verse, verse 41, is, he says, after he did that, immediately he, she sat up and he gave her his hand and helped her up. Then he called in the widows and all the believers and he presented her to them. How? Come on, loudly. Once again. Alive. Alive. Amen. He presented her to these widows that were praying and crying and standing in the gap. And, she, and he said, hey, here she is. She's alive. Now, see, this is what I want you to understand. Her giving connected her destiny with Peter's. She had no connection to Peter. She had no access to Peter. Nobody, Peter didn't even know this Dorcas. You know, Peter didn't have, Peter were not French. They were not buddies, nothing. But because she had a lifestyle of being kind, because she had a lifestyle of giving, the Bible says that that connected her to Peter. Amen. I'm going to give you a Bible verse. You have to memorize this. You ready for this? The book of Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 16. Loudly, one, two, three, go. Giving a gift can open doors it gives access to important people. Hmm. How many of you want access to important people? How many of you want your doors to be opened for you? What is God saying? God is saying, hey, your giving has the capacity to open doors for you. Who opens doors for you? You know, if, if I have a security guy the guy goes ahead of me and will when, I, when he knows that I'm coming, he goes ahead of me and he can open the door for me, right? So that when I come, I don't have to struggle to open the door. I can just walk straight in. 
when i walk in if i have an usher who is waiting there at the door and he knows that the pastor is coming before i come and try to struggle and break and knock and you know fight with the door the usher is waiting to open the door for me can you imagine that is what your giving is doing your giving is your way maker your giving is your door holder your giving is what makes room for you to proceed further your giving is what gives direction to the next steps that you have to take and this is not just your giving to god in this particular example this was his giving to man she was not giving to god she was giving to a man am i right all four examples that i'm going to give you this morning is giving to men not to god are you ready for the next example let's read this Luke chapter 7 and verse 1 onwards the bible says when jesus had finished preaching to his people he returned to the city of capernaum at that time the highly valued slave of a roman officer was sick and near death check this out this is a roman centurion this is not even a jewish jewish guy let me give you the context okay If we read it without the context it wouldn't make as much sense as when I give you the context. Jesus was very particular to not go to the gentiles, to not go to the non-Jewish people. In fact, the once one time when a non-Jewish lady came to Jesus and asked to heal her daughter, you know what Jesus said? It was a little cruel, it sounded cruel at least. I cannot take the food that is supposed to be for the children and am throw it to dogs and the lady replied saying but master even the dogs have to feed from the crumbs that fall off from the table she understood that she was not a jewish person she understood that jesus was not sent to anybody but jewish people in fact when jesus was sending out his ministry team he specifically told them do not go to anybody except the tribes the 12 tribes of israel that's all you go to the house the first question you ask is are you in naphtali asher you know ruben levi what what tribe are you if they say i am a roman sorry wrong house they don't even go to a roman house they don't go into a gentile house the jewish people were not even allowed to eat a meal with these guys am i right you know the context you know the stories now let's read this story okay and the bible talks about how this roman officer's slave was very sick the bible says verse 3 when the officer knew or heard about jesus he sent who did he send he sent some respected jewish elders he knew that he cannot have access to jesus because jesus is jewish so he sent some respected jewish elders to ask him to come and heal his slave my first question at that time is how did he make friends with jewish elders how did he get these jewish elders in his pocket come on you should understand this the relationship between the roman government and the jewish elders is one of hate am i right the roman government is the dictators is the ones that is ruling over them that is enslaving them that is you know uh, stealing from them making sure they cannot enjoy their land and and here it is when the roman officer needs a favor 
he calls in a few Jewish leaders, not even just ordinary people, leaders of the land. And they are like, wow, yes, it will be a privilege to go and, and, and ask a favor for you from our rabbi. They went, happily they went, and they went and asked Jesus to come and heal his slave. And what was their argument? Let's read this out, verse 4. So they earnestly begged Jesus. What did they do? They begged Jesus. Now, now you understand this. In the last story, you would see people begging Peter. But it was not these people's needs. It was not the needs of these people. You, in this story, you would see Jewish elders begging Jesus to help them. Standing in the gap and interceding for this man. But it was not their need. They will not lose one rupee if this guy dies. Do you get what I'm talking about? The Bible says, they, they came to Jesus and, and, and he said, Hey, I know the story of the, that other lady that you said that she doesn't deserve to be healed. But if anyone deserves your help, this guy does. The Jewish leaders are saying, you know, I mean, these guys who are extremely particular about who they will associate with, whose house they will go to, all of that. They are talking about a Roman officer and he's, and he's saying, hey, if anybody deserves your help, this guy does. Why? Why? Jesus would have asked, why? What did he do? And they replied, let's read what they replied, okay? Says, for he loves, loudly, come on. For he loves the Jewish people and even built a synagogue for us. This guy was not a normal giver. This guy was not, a, you know, just stitching coats now. Come on, building a synagogue doesn't happen with your spare money. That has to be some radically, sacrificially kept aside savings, all of that put together and you build a synagogue. That's how you, that's how you build a house or you build a church. Come on, how many of you are believing for our church building? You believing for that? Our own church building? You're praying that God will someday give us our own church building? The Bible says there was this one Roman soldier, one Roman centurion. He did not just love the Jewish people. His love for the Jewish people was demonstrated in his giving to these people. Many people will tell you how much they love you. But they will not do one thing to show that they love you. They'll not give anything. They'll not, they're not willing to even sacrifice their parking spot. Forget about their life, you know. They're not even willing to give you their time, their years. But here is this one guy who's saying, wait, I am I'm willing, I'm, I love these guys so much. I know I'm not technically obligated to love these guys, but I love them so much that I'm going to build a synagogue for them. Now, see, again, what I want you to understand is, He's not doing this because his servant got sick and he wants Jesus to, you know, that you cannot build a synagogue overnight, right? He's not doing this so that when Jesus sees the synagogue, he will come and pray. No, no. He was building this because he loved these guys. And that building was there as a sign of his love for the Israelites and, and because that sign, that symbol of his giving, that seed was there. Even when his servant was dying, that seed began to speak. 
the leaders that were blessed because of his giving they began to go to God and intercede for them I'm telling you this this season if you would make it your lifestyle to pray and to give and to sow and to be kind and to be generous and especially to build the house of God the leaders of this house or whichever house you belong to they will stand in the gap for you they will go and beg to the Lord for you see you don't need to fight your own battles guys if you will give you don't have to pray as much as you should <laughs> as much as you do because other people will stand in the gap and pray for you come on now that's why I said my sermon this morning can be misutilized where you can use people by giving them money and buying their prayers that's not what I'm talking about you understand what I'm saying right only the wicked people like me can understand what, what I'm talking because, because if I understand these principles, I can use this in the wrong place. I can say, wait, 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 that means I can outsource all my prayer life. I will pay all these guys so they can pay, pray for me and I will sit and watch Netflix. Eh? But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you are not able to pray, there will be people that you don't have access to. There will be anointed men and women of God. It's out of protocol to, for you to go and stand before them. But your gift, there is no barriers for your gift. Your giving can go and it can open doors. It can access important people. Come on, let's read this next verse from the book of Proverbs chapter 19 verse 6. Let's read it out together. One, two, three, go. Many seek favors from a ruler, but everyone is the friend of a person who gives gifts. Do you agree that? If you have a nice person who gives a lot of gifts in season and out of season, do you want to keep him as a friend in your life? Yeah, that's what this is biblical principle. It's a principle in God's word. It says, hey, everybody wants favors from a ruler. You want favors from so-and-so person. But what God is saying is, instead of running after favors, can you be a man who is going to be constantly sowing seeds can you be a man who is constantly helping people around you and when it is time your friends will stand up for you and speak for you your seed your giving has the capacity to bring favors for you it has the capacity to buy favor for you it has the capacity to 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 make people who are not even supposed to be sitting on your on the on your table to become friends with you it would you know in fact the story goes on to say how jesus after he heard that immediately he said okay let's go there he was not even willing to touch a lady who was you know not jewish but here he is willing to go into the house of a a man who is a roman centurion can you imagine the the willingness that Jesus had as soon as he heard that this man is a radical giver that this man is a radical giver he was willing to go to any extent amen, amen. can I give you a third story the first story was about a believer right the second story I don't think this is about a believer you know the Roman century it doesn't even have to be a believer right it could just be an ordinary unbelieving person so this works this principle of helping and giving works for unbelievers and it works for believers and the third category is what I'm going to teach you about okay are you ready let's read Genesis chapter 32 and verse 3 when Jacob sent messengers 
ahead to his brother Esau. Who is Esau? Not at this moment. At this moment, he's his enemy. He stole from Esau. First, when Esau was very weak, he tricked him to sell his birthright to him. You know those uh, salesmen who come and they show you all the nice side of the picture. I, I, was, I was hearing the story by a man of God. He was saying how he went for a vacation and, and he saw this picture on this, in, this, in this tourism place and he, and he went to that place and he realized, I mean the, the picture showed such, uh, such a beautiful uh, beach and everything. The, uh, what they didn't show is the other side of the beach. The other side of the beach was full of garbage and these guys sold them a nice touristic package saying guys this is amazing you should you should buy this and and that's what Jacob did to Esau when you meet this tourism guy the next time how would you gonna how how are you going to treat him what would you do and that's that's what Esau was about to do to Jacob Esau was about to you know, make sure that Jacob regretted doing anything that he did in his whole life. Yeah. <clears throat> the Bible says, he sent messengers ahead to Esau. The next verse, verse 4, he says, He told them, give this message to my master Esau. The first thing that he did is, he said, let, let my word go out. Let him hear my heart. Let's hope that he will change when he hears my heart. Okay. So the first thing that he did is he sent his word, okay? He sent his messengers to go and talk to Esau on his behalf. And he said, give this message to my... He's not saying to my elder brother. He's saying to my master. He's, he has humbled himself in his words, right? If, if I was Esau, that, that was enough to melt me, you know? I was like, man, look at this humble man of God. But the Bible says, he, he said, humble greetings from, humble greetings, eh? And he says, humble greetings from your servant Jacob. Until now, I have been living with our uncle Laban. And what did, what happened there? Verse 5. And now I own cattle, donkeys, flocks of sheep and goats and many servants, both men and women. I have sent these messengers to inform my Lord of my coming, hoping that you will be friendly to me. Why did he send these messengers? To ho hoping that the master or his elder brother who is, who he is calling his master, and he is humbling himself before his elder brother, he's hoping that his elder brother will be friendly to him, right? And let's see what was the elder brother's response, okay? After delivering the message, the messengers returned to Jacob and reported, Yes, we met your brother Esau and guess what? He's already on his way to meet you. <laughs> and after a pause they said, uh, But he's coming with an army of 400 men. <laughs> yes, he has accepted your humble greetings. But he cannot wait for you to reach there. He wants to come and meet you midway and kill you. He started off with 400 men and it's, a, and, and it's, not, it's not like you know, Esau is coming with his family to meet Jacob, no. He's coming with 400 men, 400 men means he's coming to fight you, he's coming to destroy you. If you're just coming to say hello to Jacob, you wouldn't bring 400 people along with you. 
Come on, anybody has done rowdyism in your school days, college days? Thank you, Pastor Robin, I have done that. You know, when you have these deals going on, you know, you don't touch the girl from my class, I will not touch the girl from your class, you know, and that's happening. Joey understands this. And when that's happening, you know, when you go to talk, you don't go alone. Even the guys in our class who, who, have, who knows nothing about fighting, you just take them along with you. Just to intimidate the other guy, just to make sure this guy knows that, knows that if, if he touches me, I have a group of guys who is going to beat you up like really, really bad. That's what your people can do for you. I'm not asking you to take 400 people and visit anybody. I'm telling you that is what Esau was planning to do. He was not coming on peaceful terms. He was coming to actually beat up Jacob. He knows that if so many cattle and sheep, all of these, there are many people who can protect Jacob. So I need 400 people to beat these guys down. He would have had an approximate and, he, and he's about to kill him. You know what is Jacob's response? Verse 7, the Bible says that Jacob was terrified. That's a, the first thing he did was he sent a word hoping that he will be, you know, he will make a peace. That didn't work. Second, he was terrified. The third thing the Bible says, he, he strategized. In his own brain, he strategized. He said, hey, let's split into two groups, okay? Thankfully, Jacob had that many children. You know, he could split into two, three groups. And, and he said, if this, this group gets attacked, you guys run the opposite direction and you escape. Okay? He made his escape strategy. And the last thing that he did... He began to pray. For the next four verses, 9, 10, 11, 12, he began to pray. And he's asking God, God, you remember, you are a covenant-keeping God. <laughs> you know, after doing all these other things, he started praying. And, and still, nothing. And while he was praying, he received a revelation. Because he, he was the son of givers. He was the son of Abraham and Isaac. And both of them were radical givers. He said, hey, wait, wait, wait. I know what to do about this. I know what to do. And this is what he did. Verse 13, it says, Jacob stayed where he was for the night. And then what did he do? He selected the gifts from his possessions to present to his brother Esau. He selected gifts. He, he, he stayed that entire night and he started picking out the best of everything that he had and he started you know keeping aside gifts to give to Esau next line what did he select he says read it with me 200 female goats 20 male goats 200 ewes 20 rams 30 female camels with their children and 40 cows 10 bulls and 20 female donkeys and 10 male donkeys. You know, pairs. He's making sure that for every 40 female, he's giving at least 10 males so they can reproduce and can be a blessing to his brother. Right? He, he, he you know, can you imagine how much thought went into planning his giving? He's not just saying, okay, guys, do something, give him a gift possible. 
he's planning he's saying hey exactly this number of females and this number of males exactly so much amount from this account and so much amount from this account he's strategizing he's saying i have to do whatever it takes to bless the heart of my brother who is upset with me and he has the right reason to be upset with me but i need to move his heart right now and i'm going to use the gifts whatever i have i'm going to use these gifts to to move his heart to appease his anger the next verse it says in verse 16 he divided these animals into herds and assigned each to different servants then he told his servants come on read it with me loudly go go ahead of me did I tell you that your gifts will go ahead of you did I tell you that your gifts will go ahead and open doors for you did I tell you that your gifts will go to places no man can go to man if Jacob had to meet Esau he will come back in 400 pieces am I right but his gifts can go into the enemy's territory and speak and do things that his servants cannot speak for him and that's what his gifts did and the Bible says he said go ahead of me with the animals but keep some distance between the herds okay read the next line okay he gave these instructions to the men that were leading the come on loudly leading the first group let's say the first offering okay can we say the first offering if if we were in that place we would have been satisfied with one offering right I'm like I've done the best one offering but check this out okay when my brother Esau meets you he will ask you whose servants are you where are you going and who owns these animals verse 18 he says you must reply they belong to your servant Jacob but they are now a gift to his master Esau look he is coming right behind us now this was the first offering this was the the first offering you remember give me verse 17 once again read this he gave this instructions to the men leading the first group right there was a first group and he set them aside and and they were supposed to lead right guess what he did the Bible says Jacob gave the same instructions to the to the second and the third herdsman and to all who followed behind the herds do you remember Elijah did something similar how many of you remember the sermon from Elijah where he got these guys to fill six huge jugs of water and pour it on the altar and then he said okay do it one more time then he said okay do it another time the third time he made them do it till there was an overflow and that's exactly what Jacob did Jacob said hey the first group went ahead and I'm not satisfied let there be a second group that will follow the first group and let there be a third group and let there be other herdsmen who will walk behind him and who will say the same thing saying hey this is all for you Esau this is all for you come on now is this speaking to somebody's heart can I release the word over you yes 2020 the Lord is about to restore some broken relationships 2020 some of your enemies are going to become your best friends 2020 the Lord is causing favor to come from the most unexpected sources 
sources that are they don't even want to talk to you they don't even want to have a conversation with you they they are out there to kill you to get you relationships that you think have been destroyed for life those relationships are going to be restored for you in 2020 because this is the year of gathering my friends this is the year of gathering this is the year of gathering but that will happen in response to your radical giving it will happen in response to your giving when you give people that are the first category of people are people who are believers who are in the same church as you are going to the second category of people are unbelievers around you the third category is your enemies will be at peace with you people that are fighting you constantly talking ill about you who don't want you to prosper man you don't have to fight this guy what you need to know and what you need to learn is to sow into this guy to give gifts to this guy amen are you ready to learn a principle from the book of Proverbs? Let's read this. The book of Proverbs, go next. Chapter 21 and verse 14. It says, Try giving a secret gift to the one who is angry with you and watch the anger disappear. A kind, generous gift goes a long way to soothe the anger of the one who is livid. If, if you have to read other translations of the same verse, you will read the, words, you will read the word bribe. That's what most translations use in this scripture. It says a bribe will really help you. If somebody is angry with you, you have to bribe them. But if you read this root word, it means reward them. It means you need to give a gift to them. Amen. That's what the root word is. And it says, when you do that, that has the power to kill anger. So anybody and everybody that is struggling in or through relationships, can I speak to your heart right now? May the Lord give you the grace to radically give gives this season. And it's not even saying, hey, you need, to, you need to go and tell them, say, this is coming from your humble servant. Nothing like that. It's, it's a secret gift. It doesn't even have to be a public gift. The guy doesn't even have to know it is coming from you. Is that what the Bible says? Is that what your translation says too? A secret gift, an under the table gift, another translation says. An under the table bribe. <laughs> It has the power to get the guy who is angry with you to be happy with you. Now that's why I said you can use this for the wrong things. You can use this to continue to do some wrong things. That's not what I'm encouraging you to do. Okay? But if you are pursue, pursuing reconciliation, if you are pursuing your life to fall back into the divine order of things, God had asked Jacob to come back to Canaan, to leave Padan Aram and come back to Canaan. It was his season to come back. But for that to happen, there was an obstruction that was standing in the way as his enemy. And the way that Jacob took him down is not just through prayer. He didn't just stop by saying, Lord, help me. No, he went another instant. He said, I'm going to give. I'm going to give. Because my gifts has a way of going ahead of me. Luke chapter 16. The rich man had to admire the dishonest rascal. Did you know the word rascal is in the Bible? Everybody said dishonest rascal. 
all the holy people are not talking the word rascal don't worry rascal is not a swear word it's it just means naughty okay and you know the bible talks jesus actually is teaching his disciples and he's talking about this dishonest steward this guy was a manager in the house and what was he doing you know he his employer was far away and he was pocketing some money his employer was giving him money to pay the servants or run the business or whatever instead of doing that he was stealing from that and he was going and partying and enjoying and living his life right so one day the employer got to know when the accounts guy came and updated him guy your finance guy is not trustworthy he's stealing money when the ca told him that he said okay i need to fire this guy and he wrote a text to him saying i'm coming down in the month of july and you're fired effective from july till july you handle whatever you can after july you are fired but guess what this guy does this is what the bible says he says he spoke to himself he said i am too proud to beg and i am too lazy to dig for myself to to work hard for myself so this is what i will do you know what he did he called everybody that owed money to his master and he called them and he said hey you come how much money do you owe my master 10000 rupees okay change it make it 2000 rupees he called the next guy he said hey how many cars do you owe my master 10 cars okay cut it change it i will sign it off he changed it he said two cars and he went about going doing the same thing with everybody now if you were the employer what would you do you will come and not only will you fire him you will also get him arrested right come on talk to me yes but when this employer came back the bible says the rich man came back and he admired this shrewd manager this dishonest rascal it says he says this guy was so shrewd he said man he began to admire this guy and what did he say and he says and then jesus said jesus said guess what it is true that the children of this world everybody say the children of this world they are more shrewd in dealing with the world around them than the children of the light they are very shrewd they knows how to use their money in the wrong way to to you know buy their forgiveness and to and to buy people's loyalties to them and to bribe people and to do all those crazy things they know it's talking about the children of the world they know how to be shrewd with their money than the children of the light now let me talk about the children of the light verse 9 it says here's the lesson jesus is telling now telling this to the children of light everybody say i am a child of light and he says use your worldly resources to to benefit others and make friends wow this is an instruction from jesus what is he saying he is giving the example of a dishonest rascal and he's saying use your worldly resources to benefit others and to make friends wherever you go because when your possessions are gone do you know that there will come a day when your possessions are gone there will come a day when you are in the coffin 
there will come a day when you are not when you when you cannot access your bank account when you cannot buy using your credit card your payment will be declined because there is no internet connection from heaven or hell to here but jesus says hey there will come a day when you will not have access to your resources so when you do have access to your resources use those resources to benefit others benefit others benefit others benefit others and to make friends use your resources to make friends throw parties all the time guys man go crazy this is a season when you have to be willing to invest into people to stitch coats of people to build a synagogue to people that don't have a place to worship to give gifts to the people that are hurting you that are fighting you to bless your enemies go crazy in your giving this season because the bible says that when your possessions are gone what will they do they will welcome you to an eternal home they will welcome you into an eternal business an eternal treasure an eternal security they will welcome you who is this there these people that you helped these people that you sowed into that these people that you made friends with using your gifts what are the abilities that you have that you can put into some good use you know this season i want you to become very intentional i want you to identify at least one person begin with the church okay begin with your church and then go out into the world begin with like like dorcas begin with the people in their church then go to a community that is not talking your language that is not in your church that is not in your community then go to another extent where you look out for all the all the you know the enemies in your life and you begin to bless them then you do the same thing at your office i'm not asking you to be dishonest at your office but bless people whatever a power and authority you have at your office use that to to bless people to 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 make to make sure that someone else's life becomes easier and guess what will happen when you benefit people when you make friends with your with your work with your business with your ministry with your relationships at church and at home and 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 all these relationships you use these relationships to benefit others and to make friends there will come a day when you don't have these possessions and these people will stand guard for you these people they will stand in the gap for you and they will pray for you they will go and beg before the lord for you they will open doors for you amen the last verse from proverbs proverbs chapter 17 and verse 8 are you ready come on read it out together a present is a precious stone in the eyes of its possessor wherever he turns he prospers a precious stone in the eyes of his possessor in other words he's saying that is if you if you are a giver when people look at you there will be a sparkle in your eyes there will be something different about you they will not be able to turn away from you they will not be able to say no to you because you carry a present you carry a gift in your spirit all the time because wherever you turn you will prosper we all want that word but we don't want the previous word because the previous word demands for us to be givers amen but when we are givers wherever we turn you turn to the left 
you will prosper you turn to the right you will prosper you get out of this place you will you stay in this place whatever you do whatever your hands touch it will prosper it will happen as a result of you carrying a heart of giving another translation says a guy who gives gifts is like one who has a lucky charm a lucky charm you know there is a there's something unusual about givers something unusual about givers you know if you look at meetings they these the givers they get picked out for prophecies the givers they get picked out somehow or the other the, the you know it's almost like the prophets they have a you know like a lens or it you know like some way of identifying all the givers in the house they come and they pick them out because there is something different about their eyes there's something different about there is a charm that they carry amen are you ready to read the next statement give me the next statement come on read it out with me my giving opens doors makes friends appeases anger clears paths makes room for my prosperity are you ready to read that again is this based on all the scriptures that we read together today come on yes let's read it together my giving opens doors makes friends appeases anger clears paths makes room for my prosperity once again come on my giving opens doors makes friends appeases anger clears paths makes room for my prosperity every room that has to be made for your prosperity in 2020 your giving your tithes your offerings has the power to do that for you the lord says you have prayed enough in 2019 in 2020 it is time for us to give it is time for us to benefit the people around us it is time for us to bless the people around us because our giving is going to become our way maker amen can we all stand up in the presence of jesus thank you for tuning in we believe that you are blessed by the word we would love for you to be a guest on any of the weekends on a saturday night service at 7 pm or a sunday morning service at 11 am for more information please visit our website dreamingrevival.com